This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 50. Sponsored by Comical.com. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is the 50th episode, which uh, is a lot of episodes. 
Um, not, a big, not a big deal, though. Not a big deal. We're not going to treat it like one. Where are we? <laughs> uh, I'm Josh. I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Ron. Hey. And wait a minute. There's someone else here. We have a special guest. It's Jonathan London from Geekdrome. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, we'll try and wrap it up so you guys can watch Battlestar on the East Coast. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and and if you guys run long, I'll just have to tape it for you over here in FedEx Tape. <laughs> for those of you who aren't in the know, Jonathan is from uh, the podcast Geekdrome, and uh, he, you're in L.A., right? Yeah, we tape it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to tape it next uh, after we do your show. Cool. And uh, everybody can listen to it at geekdrome.com. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm ex- I like doing the show. It's fun. And your, your guys' show covers, like, movies and TV as well as comics, right? Yeah, movies, TV, and video games, uh, and a lot of personal information. There's a lot of probably new people around. Um, so if you're listening to this for the first time, uh, you haven't had to hear this 50 times, but if you have, then here you go. At fanboy.com, we, we like comic books. We read a lot of comic books. Uh, every week, uh, we'll read a stack of what came out that week, and one of us will pick the best one, uh, go to the website, write a review about it, and then we come here to the podcast and we talk about it. However... We're going to be talking about that book and other books from the week, which means if you're if you're spoiler phobic, if you're worried about getting it ruined for you, you may want to read your book, shut this off, come back a little later because um, we do talk about stuff that already happened and, and spoilers be damned, straight to hell with you. There's uh, no place for that here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're a geek. You got to go all the way. You got to get in depth in your books. You, you right? Know? Yeah. What about can... the people who put books in like those uh, those ranked? You know, nice covers with, with us. No, we we have our books in tatters because we're so passionate about reading them. That's who we are. Like Connor, you know? like Connor's two foot high stack of unbagged and bored books oh. in his bedroom. Yeah, that now that's just inhumane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not <laughs> denying that. that. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, I had you to pick this. You have to bag and board them, and then every five years, at least, you have to you have to redo them. I, I, whenever I see people who are like wiping their asses with their comics, I'm just like, dude, you don't understand. That's literature. Yeah. You know, this is our. Th- these are huge to us. This is important. Wipe your ass my, with it. My wife rolled over on Why the Last Man. She fell asleep reading it, and then rolled over and crunched the cover all up. And I tried to be like, no, no, it's fine. But inside, a little Peter me died. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> this was not the prenup. Right. It's the pick of the week podcast. So you must tell us what was picked. Pray so tell. I. This week I picked. Um, this week was a tough week for me actually because it was a, it, after the past couple weeks have been pretty heavy as far as um, number of books that I picked up, and I was glad to see this week I only was getting about six to nine titles. And unfortunately, my store didn't have a couple that I wanted, so I got to go. No fan. Yeah, man. You well, be happy to have forty titles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I actually, and so I thought on the lighter week it was going to be easier to pick it, but it actually turned out to be pretty tough. Um, good books. I found out. Yeah, there were some very good books. Ultimately, at the end of my stack, I was trying to decide between Criminal Number One by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and Doctor Strange: The Oath Number One by Brian K. Vaughn and um, some guy whose last name ends in Martin, um, Marcos Martin, or something. Open like that. the book, Marco, Marcos Martin. I just opened the book, so um, it was. And I got to admit, it was a really. And it, for those of you who who didn't go to ifanboy.com and read my review, um, it was a really tough pick, uh, and mainly. What put me over the top was, you know, you have two great frontline writers, you know, Brian K. Vaughan and Ed Brubaker at the top of their game. Um, Brian K. Vaughan really taking a risk by tackling Doctor Strange, a character who has not been handled very well by Marvel in, how, in what, 20 years? You know, I mean, there's been a bunch of crap pretty much about Doctor Strange. Um, and then Criminal is a creator-owned crime comic, basically, focusing on the life of a criminal. Um, 
and I was sitting there, sitting there, trying to figure out what book to pick, what book to pick, uh, and ultimately the two things the, the two things that really did it for me were the art and then also the type of the book. Um, and we'll talk about Doctor Strange in a little bit, but the art for Doctor Strange kind of fell a little short for me. Um, but we're talking about Criminal, so I want to get back to that. Um, criminal, you can't just talk about the book, can you? I can't for some reason. <laughs> criminal um, was was you could just tell this was a labor of love by Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, in the back little letters page that had no letters because nothing's been written in yet, um, they mentioned that they had spent the past year working on it, and it just showed. I mean, with within every word, every panel, every drawing, every story aspect, you could tell that they worked really, really hard on this. Can you guys tell I'm in Los Angeles with that little horn in the background? Was that a horn? Like, I was. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like a taco truck. You're just gonna hear him yell "ice cream" and throw his headset down and be gone. Yeah, but and there's just a machine gun, an AK. It's like yeah, dude. It's like it's like Grand Theft Auto over here. You must live in a different part of LA than I did. Yeah. So um. So anyway, but so Criminal really just jumped out at me as that true kind of creator-owned book on the same level of like powers and um and uh, uh stray bullets or something like that. And actually, what re- what reminded me of that was when I was trying to decide, I actually flipped over to the back cover and I saw the little marketing quotes by David Goyer and Charlie Houston. And um the last quote was from Kurt Busiek of Astro Cities of Astro City, sorry. And um that really kind of his quote and his presence on the back of the cover really kind of knocked it off to me, and it, I got the same feeling reading this book as that I get from Astro City, in that it has nothing to do with any other universe, it's totally independent in its world, and you could really tell that the people working on it really love the medium. So, um, that was ultimately why I picked it. And, but how um, much of those quotes are just straight up just like Stroking, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, well the quotes were the quotes are there to sell to sell the book to people who have oh, no yeah. idea who yeah who you know who who Brubaker is or whatever, right? And and that's and I'm not I'm not saying the quote is what did it for me, but it was the fact it was the presence of Kurt Busiek and the and the idea of Astro City that reminded me of the feeling I got from Astro City. Kurt Busiek was totally the guy who sold me on Invincible too. Really? If you ever read if you read his intro at the in the first volume of the Invincible like a first Invincible trade? Yeah. It's it. It, like he, he, he just – he writes such a love letter to that book, but it's also at the same time it's entirely true. He really knows how to tell you that a book's good, is, I guess what I'm saying. But like it was the same sort of like – Well, his books fall by the wayside. Yeah. Well, I'm, he's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, well, no, but the, for some – and that's for some reason like why – like what I never understand is like is is Asher – and I like how the review is about Criminal and yet now we're talking about Kurt Busiek. Everything but, um, but the book. Yeah, exactly. Everything about the book. But Kurt Busiek, Astro City is so good, and yet he's writing Superman, and he's doing all this other stuff. And, like, is Astro City that hard to actually put together to actually keep doing on a monthly basis? Yes, you know? that's the book you want to read. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. If, if it's that good, yes. Yeah. Obviously. Well, so, so anyway. what's this book about, Ron? What yeah. is this book about? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You, you so beat me to that. <laughs> so, cr- so Criminal is 26 pages, which is more than your average comic book, and it's about, and it's about this um, uh, professional criminal named, Le- named Leo who is a legacy criminal. His father was a criminal before him, and his father is dead. And you get the, and he gives you a lot of exposition about his life in terms of being a criminal and the idea of being a professional criminal and how there are rules you follow and things like that. Um, you get an idea of a past job that went bad, um, where friends died and that went awry when he is, um, when he meets up with a former criminal associate who's trying to pull him in on a job. And turns out that this guy, Leo, has a real gift for, um, for casing a joint, be it, you know, for, you know, figuring out the logistics of the crime. 
but when it comes to failing it, right? Yeah, but when it comes to actually doing it, he's a coward and he runs from any um, danger because he doesn't want to end up in prison like his father did. His father died in prison, which is interesting um, because because if if you listen, to, I, I listened to a lot of Brubaker's interview on on Word Balloon, and he described that same thing, but he said it differently than how it presented in the book. He said he was saying how really good criminals are not afraid to walk away at any point if they think they're going to get pinched. Right, and that's the way that he described it in that interview. But in this, and the, and the title of the story is called "Coward." Yeah, um, it, but it's here, a little it's, it's a little less cool than just walking away if they're afraid they're going to get pinched. The way he described like, it in the other thing was like, yeah. "It's cool. You just you just go. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm I'm willing to give it all up so that I don't get pinched or whatever." Right. Yeah. And and it, it, it's funny because the 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 guy trying to recruit Leo for the job and Leo talking about the other jobs he's worked on and and little you know glimpses into the actual criminal work reminded me a lot of like the and the, the parts of Goodfellas the movie Goodfellas that I loved were you know like when they Here when it comes. they when they stole when they stole the money from <laughs> when they stole the money from uh, Air France and then when they were planning the Lufthansa heist like that was like putting the team together and the actual crime like th- those are some of my favorite parts of that movie and a lot of, and it, this kind of reminded me a little bit of it minus the you know the the Italianness so you know my my family. <laughs> Here it comes. I, th- I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Reminds me of the tall tales my family used to tell about around the fire. <laughs> did the did the guy at the very end of it at the very end of the issue the guy yeah. that the um the guy called um right. did he remind did, was was that a little Pulp Fictiony though Yeah, sorry yeah oh yeah I, I yeah. thought I picked up on that at the end of the issue the guy who's planning the job is a dirty cop and I guess he's indebted to some gangster or whatever and it's a big bald black guy who's beating he somebody wants up. payback he wants yeah. payback on our guy now the, the the great thing about this story and like I'm really not into crime movies or or, or um cinema that author that that's has a ton of movies being made out of it Elmore so, Leonard Elmore Leonard type stuff is sometimes there's just too many pro- plot threads for you to uh, be able to you know, it's better in a novel because in a novel you have the time to really get to know the characters. Sometimes the films just move too fast at too fast a clip that you're getting information fast and you can process it. And the cool thing about Criminal is that the first four pages doesn't have one lick of dialogue, and you're reading uh, what seems like a diary while you see this series of events unspool. You know, and uh, and and they're events that are easy to follow, and they're telling you about the character and the experience of maybe what led him to go underground a little bit. And yeah. uh, and when you finally start getting dialogue and you start getting people who are trying to pull him out of that hiding and into another job, uh, you, you know, you're ready for that information. Also, when you get uh, the fact that he's taking care of his heroin addicted, uh, you know, a heroin addict who is his father's ex-partner, uh, you're ready for that information. When somebody shows up at the door... And you can't quite fit this character into the series of events, but you know they're going to play a huge role. You're ready for that information. So Brubaker's writing is just awesome, and the guy doing the artwork just does a really good job of pacing things so that even if you're not a crime fan, you're going to get this book because all the information is laid out in a way that uh, I think lends itself more to a comic book than a film. I couldn't see this story being done in a film or any other medium. It really is a solid comic, you know. You mentioned Sean Phillips' art, and and like for my money, like I think in in last week or the week before, one of those weeks we talked about comics. I was talking about how how John Cassidy is the guy, and he's the guy to go to for superheroes. But but Sean Phillips, I'm pretty sure for not even non superheroes, but just he, I think he's he's probably in my top 
three artists working favorite favorite people working because he worked with Brubaker on Sleeper, which if mm. you haven't read Sleeper uh, and you like this at all, you, you need to go get Sleeper, which I think right. is what led Ron you to pick this up, right? Yeah, no, basically, I mean, the, the, the progression was Josh got me the first trade paperback of Sleeper for Christmas a couple years back. And a and- back rub. And, and a back rub. It was I, very nice. I like how I'm picturing you guys all spending Christmas together, <laughs> <laughs> like in our in our foot in our uh, uh, footy pajamas. You guys have like, sweaters and shit. <laughs> we have Spider-Man pajamas. <laughs> Eggnog. There's nothing Connor wrong gets, with a nice sweater. Connor let's, let's, let's be real. Connor gets drunk while we're opening the presents. Eggnog really with ugly. that guy. Yeah. He's spiking it. Yeah. Anyway, no, we, but, um, we, we trade. But I pick, we trade, I pick, trade paperbacks at Christmas. Yeah, we have for years. Yeah. It's been. It's I'd great. do the it's same a, thing with my co-host Dan if he wasn't illiterate. but um so yeah so i got sleeper and sleeper if you know i mean if you're not familiar with sleeper it's set in the wildstorm universe and it's about it's basically like a super powered covert op guy right who's like a double agent (laughs) type story and sean phillips did the art for that as well and it was just so i don't want to say grim and gritty because it's so cliche but i mean but it's like it's a definitely a darker tone i i I think sean phillips is is also just one of the best storytellers working today like yeah. you were talking, Jonathan, you were talking about his first few pages that had no dialogue, and you you were watching the action unfold, which has to do with the script. But also, I mean, they can he can lay out a page. Yeah, they lay out a page really well, in a way that that like I think when people talk about good storytellers, this is probably as good as there is a guy working out there right now. I'm gonna be the voice of dissent and say I didn't love it. I I think I was I think I'm. Oh. I think the problem I had with, with it was that I held it too close to Sleeper, and that the beginning of Sleeper really knocked you on your ass. Yeah. Whereas this is going to be a, this seems like it's going to be a slower progression. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I was unfair because it's unfair to re- compare the works. But I was expecting the opening to just to you know to set me off and you know gung ho for the story, which it didn't do yet. I liked it a lot. I just didn't love it in terms it's of the fun. best book it's- of the week. It's five issues, you know what I mean? Right, it's gonna, exactly. It's going to make a really handsome trade. It'll be a great thing to give to somebody who probably doesn't read comic books at all and say, hey, man, you like all those Watt films? Here's a... <laughs> kidding. That was for Ron. Uh, here, here's, a, here, here's Criminal, you know what I mean? So do you think you're going to pick the rest of it up? You're not really not a big yeah, comic only, fan? Yeah, it's only four more issues. Yeah. You know? Well, it's an ongoing, isn't it? I thought it was ongoing. I think it's is an it? ongoing. Yeah, I think I think the is. first story is what five parts. At the yeah. beginning, it says one of yeah. five, but it's yeah. so I think I'm pretty sure it's an ongoing like magazine. Oh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely read through the first five, you know, and yeah. then uh, and then see where it goes, you know. I'll I'll be honest though, you know, I'm not a big fan of the cover though. I'm not either, but yeah. it's Sean I, Phillips. It's Sean Phillips. It is still, but I just I don't know. I wasn't. Why don't you fan. like it? I, I, what I like about it is that it feels like one of those. Uh, it Pulp. feels like like a it, well, it feels like a foreign movie poster too that would be in those kind of crime eras, like a seventies. I think that's what uh, he's going for. Italian yeah, film, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. like a really cool Italian film. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. And I dig that. That's what I like about it. It's got all those colors. Yeah. I don't like his little facial hair thing. I don't yeah, like the, the fact that there's a chick on the cover. I don't think that's bold. The dude Leo, the, the the little goatee is a little. I don't know. What, if you're a criminal, that's actually a bad idea. It's it's easier yeah. to make you. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, but you get hot chicks in your criminal, and you got to save that flavor. A, a part of me loved the character who who faked the seizure on the subway to get money, to, the uh-huh. scam. Because but then you also shoot him another, every day. Another, another, yeah, another part of me thought that no, like if a guy if a guy has a seizure on a, on the subway and then starts asking for money, I just walk away. And maybe I'm a cold heartless jerk. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are all from New York. You'd be like, yeah, the next time the doors open, you just put them out on the fucking. There was, there was a 
there was there was one guy when I was a kid who would go through the train and act like he had some serious pro- neurological problems and couldn't walk <laughs> properly. And then I group. You're like, and then I saw him once at another subway station. He walking fine, skipping down the, the platform. So, um, all right, cool. Well, that's criminal. And then, so the 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 runner up book this week was Doctor Strange. So if you want and, a little more superhero flair. And the thing is, is that this this was I mean it was a really close call. Like if I had to pick the the other book I would have picked, it would have been this book, mainly because I thought the dialogue and the writing was fantastic. I thought it was Brian K. Vaughn totally, you know, like what you expect from him. The um the scene with Iron Fist in the beginning was fantastic. A little Orana um, action there. A little Orana action. Yeah, and we've made fun character. of, but never actually seen in a comic. Dude, what yeah. is up? She, she showed up in uh, the Civil War uh, book, the Miss Marvel. Yes. What is the point of these characters, man? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, are they actually selling any issues? Apparently, Orana, they were pushing at the kids because she's a what kid. kids? I don't know. The kids that read comics, supposedly. The kids who have three bucks a week to Dude, spend on that. If, if yeah. kids read comics, they're going to want to read Wolverine. They might want to read Spider-Man. They want to read something cool. They want to read something hip, something that's a lot like their video game. They don't yeah. want to read Arana. Yeah. You know? It's bad. That's bad like... news. But regardless, the book was great, and the, the, the one thing that stood out for me was I thought the layouts were really good. Like the shot of when the, the night nurse is um, operating on Doctor Strange, and like it's, he's the central panel, and then there are panels around him. Oh, yeah, around her. I thought that was a great layout. But towards the end of the book, I felt the art just got a little weak and got a little sloppy, um, and that's really what kind of knocked it out of the running for me. Um, but I was impressed by this, and I'm going to be buying this whole series. I wasn't so. going to buy it. I picked it up like the last second. I don't know why yeah. I was going to buy it. I, think I, I don't care about Doctor Strange in the least. Yeah, Did I mean, you? Brian K. Vaughn sold the book for me. Yeah, uh, that's something you buy off his name value. He will continue to, to, to sell books for me. You know, yeah. the writing's not terrible in this. I just think that Doctor Strange is like one of these characters like Ghost Rider or Moon Knight. He's one of these, these uh, B-level uh, characters who just, I don't think, has the, the heart or the... I don't think he's fleshed out in the way that most characters sell their books and they sell their series. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there's always going to be that level of character and Thor may actually be one of them where they just can't support a main title you know because there's not that much to them Doctor Strange keeps coming up amongst creators when they ask at conventions what they want to really write yep like what's their dream book and people keep bringing up Doctor Strange and I think it's a strange it's a strange hole they've got on people of a certain age where I guess the the book from the 70s must be really good. So a part of me, there's a part of me that says, okay, there are these, there are these characters like Ghost Rider and Iron Fist and all, and and the DC's got them too, that, that, you know, they're good for a miniseries here and there. But then uh, there's a part of me who's like, you know, if we can get the right team to do this book, it could run for a long time. And the person I think I would like to see, having read this, maybe because that last splash page, but uh, if Mike Mignola could do a Doctor Strange story, it would be worth watching. That's true. The stuff yeah. that, he, that he writes with John Arcudi and BPRD, the uh, Bureau book, yep. you know, uh, is just awesome. And it, and it deals with all the mysticism and the different dimensions, and they lay it out in such a great way. And uh, and I think he'd be a really kick-ass choice to do a Doctor Strange type book. But for the but most if part, if you're in the '70s and you're shooting up and doing all these drugs, yeah, yeah. I can see how Doctor Strange would have been popular with shrooms. Yeah. This is probably the best book yeah, ever. Dude. And, and, the thi- and the thing, the thing about it is that I don't think Marvel now would take would allow a creator to take the same risks that maybe Mignola takes with Hellboy and BPRD. Well, if you're Mignola, why would you want to? 
well, you've right, already got I, your own universe to do this kind of story. If you want to do a different kind of story, I don't. I mean, if you want to, but, but, to do something different. But if you put Mignola back in the early '90s and said, you know, and before he had any establishment, and said, you know, do you want to do Doctor Strange? I bet they would put a lot of. They'd say, no, that's too weird. That's too dark. It's too, you know. And I think you can take more risks in the, in this kind of, you know, totally imaginary world. Well, luckily so. Vaughn gets carte blanche probably now. With yeah, anything. I guess probably. So. You know what else was fun? Uh, the uh, one that Mike Alred. Uh, did artwork for it. it was the Dead Girl miniseries. So were you guys big into Ecstatics and, and all that stuff? I, I bought the whole run of Ecstatics and I didn't yeah. get the Dead Girl thing because Ecstatics left such a bad taste in my mouth. Right, right. But uh, but I, I will he pretty much still buy the any. Yeah, I'll buy anything with Mike Alred's artwork other than the uh, book he did on Book of Mormon. But <laughs> 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 nothing against uh, Mormons. I was just like, you know what? I don't go to church. I just you know, theology is a little mixed with me. But uh, <laughs> I just don't. Like, I just don't like sitting, feeling like I'm in Sunday school, and uh, but it, but the extra thing was cool, and and it and it it shows the strength of Doctor Strange. He's a good supporting character if you need to teleport back and forth between hell and back. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. He's more. He's great. He's, he's more impactful when he shows up in a other story. Right. You yeah. need the mysticism element. He I like feel the like Watcher. Thor is the same way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Dude, what's up with Thor? Thor Thor's <laughs> book. Thor's book went for a long time. Though. Right, right, but yeah. there's lots of characters like that who don't work anymore. I dug that yeah. book, man. When I was a kid, I think that was my favorite book. For some Martian Manhunter yeah. the DC Universe is like that. That's a very good point. That it totally is Martian I, Manhunter. Yeah. Carry a book. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of second-tier comics, another book that came out this week was the um, Irredeemable Ant-Man. By Let's Robert wait Kirk. a minute. Let's stop for what? a second and explain, on, explain that uh, both Ron and Josh hammered at me all day Wednesday to buy this book. <laughs> and I kept sorry. saying no. <laughs> and they kept hammering at me from both sides, and I'm happy to say I did not, because you guys... Every mention of this book throughout the summer con season, everybody, like, people like Bendis, everybody was like, Ant-Man, that book's gonna be great, it's gonna come out after Civil War, it's gonna be awesome, you know, Kirkman's really gonna bring it, whatever, and I was excited for it, I was honestly excited for it. I showed and it to you, and you saw it, I showed, I showed it to Connor in the store, and he was like, ooh, Phil Hester. Yeah, Phil Hester, And yeah. I went, no. It, I, I wish I'd made. I, I wish I'd made them. No, yeah, I, I spoke I, down upon them. No, he, he kind of did. I say thee no. nay. He smacked down. Josh in the mouth with my glove. He brings down my shoulder on them. I sayeth no. Verily, um, welcome to I fanboys, <laughs> where we all speak in Norse. We're Thor gonna, speak. We're, we're gonna do an all Thor speak show. <laughs> Forsooth. So, um, He's so anyway, so why was it so bad? <laughs> why was it so bad? Tell me. Um, I just wish I got the three dollars back. I might return this as well. Oh, eat my ass! I did not mind this book nearly that bad. I, didn't <laughs> I know. I know it's called the world's most unlikable superhero, but it's also the world's most unlikable comic book too. It was just unreadable. Twenty-two pages. Yeah, exactly. It just completely was not engaging at all. I was annoyed by it. What was annoying about it? I didn't mind it that bad. I don't know. I just thought it was. I mean, like for for a moment, I was like, okay, cool. We're seeing behind the scenes at Shield, and they play cards and Xbox, and this is pretty cool. But then, like the characters were just so bumbling and like so kind of like over the top, like damaged. You know, a, I'm not saying it's a, it's a great book. Uh, yeah, know, I'm saying it's readable. Um, yeah. The the thing with the, like, let's get away from the Shield helicarriers. Like, I'm sure there was a 10, 15 year span in the Marvel universe where people didn't step foot on a damn Shield helicarrier. Now yeah. every damn week we have a shield <laughs> helicarrier story. Did you guys read that ass issue of Blade that came out last year, last week, the relaunch? 
Nope. Blade, where Blade takes down a helicarrier full of shield vampires? Are <laughs> kidding me? Can I tell you, there, there was a book last month where the helicarrier went down in Rhode Island, wasn't Dude, there? These helicarriers the helicarriers can't story crutch. stay in the goddamn yeah. sky. <laughs> They're totally, they got rid of Nick Fury because he was a story crutch and they replaced it with the helicarrier. Dude, what's going on with the helicarrier? Marvel writers get a hard-on for the helicarrier. <laughs> they just <laughs> like, maybe we can do it on the helicarrier. But yeah, because there's always the threat they could fall off. <laughs> Come on, man! I, I didn't. I didn't hate this book. I didn't ah. either. But but you know what? Shield agents playing Xbox. I'm like, come on, dude. Shield <laughs> agents are supposed to be hard ass. Yeah. Know? Well, these are supposed yeah. to be the loser shield agents. I don't know. And what, there are what, no the loser th- shield agents. So let's, wait, wait. Explain <laughs> to me and anybody else what is the premise of the book? Not okay. Hank Pym, right? right, right. It's, it's not, not Hank. Pym. Hank Pym's yeah. in the book, and he's developing a brand new Ant-Man armor for for Shield. And there, there, there's a couple guys trying out to be Ant-Man. About five of them. Under one all, of them, they're all jacked. Is a, is right? a team of yeah, but under one of them is a team of uh, of dudes who are just kind of like 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 they're on security detail. They're basically the shield janitors, and these two janitors are are given the prime job of standing guard outside of Hank Pym's lab, and they have no idea who's in there, what the door is, and as Hank Pym steps out, one of them freaks, punches him in the stomach. That was funny. That and was then, good. And then, and then to cover himself, they 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 sneak him into. They find the armor, and one of the dumbasses gets in, becomes Ant Man. Right, but and is he it's the one kind that of ends tag and bink. Yeah, yeah, but he's not. It's, he, it's a little tag and binkish, right? Yeah, and and they and they does the, they do the story shifting with starting out with Ant Man in New York City helping some girl, and then and then going six months six earlier, months earlier right. and then at the end of the issue it jumps back, and you think it, one of them's Ant Man, but it's the other guy. And there's references know? to Civil War. There's references to the Enemy of the State storyline that was in the Wolverine yeah. books. But there's, I don't know where this fits. References to the evil Tony Stark from the Marvel team up that yep. called, that, that uh, Kirkman wrote. But to be honest, like I got I got those references. And I thought it was cool because I love I'm a continuity freak, so I love that stuff. But I don't know where this fits. You know, does this fit after Civil War, during Civil War? Yeah, part like, of me doesn't. You know, it doesn't really matter. Really care? Yeah, part of me yeah. doesn't really care. I mean, I'll, 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 I'm give OCD. Another, I'll give it another handful of issues. Yeah. and yeah. see if it becomes fun. Because I think parts that, of Marvel team up, I thought were fun. Yeah, you know? I think that this issue just—I don't know if it, it wasn't a very good first issue, but I could see it being a pretty interesting series after it gets all this preliminary crap yeah. out of the way. I'll probably keep buying it. My biggest problem was if you, <laughs> if, if you flip to any page, what? You hated it. I know, but but if, but if you, my problem was if you flip to any page, there's just a lot of dialogue. There was. Right. There was a ton of exposition in this, and that was yes. its fault. And I will admit that and it yeah. seemed really long. I was like, yeah, how, how many Baker pages dialogue. are there? Yeah, they Baker dialogue. It ain't Baker dialogue. You know what I mean? It ain't no. even Bendis dialogue. Bendis dialogue starts getting long in the tooth after a couple. You mean I? I gotta tell you. I mean, you can really tell when Kirkman's working on his own stuff, what? as opposed to working on stuff he doesn't own. Dude, I love The Walking Dead. It's amazing. The Walking Dead and Invincible are like nearly flawless. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is not. And Marvel yeah. Team Up is not. Yeah, That's but right. I still think they're fun. No, yeah. they are. They're fine. They're better than your average comic books, I think. But I just think that the the you know when you read Walking Dead and you put it down, you're like, God, that was really well done. It was really good. Mm-hmm. This wasn't quite. It didn't, this doesn't wasn't that good. But I think it'll be a fun series. Could be. Yeah. You know what I would mean, be kick ass is if the inside of the comic had been what happens on the cover of the comic. If you see this little Ant Man dude, he's taken out, <laughs> and he takes out Modok. <laughs> he takes out Modok. He takes out Super Scroll, Loki. You know what I mean? The, the Rhino, rhino. You know, Abomination. Abomination. <laughs> you know, I want to see him take down Thanos. You know what I mean? I want to see him running around with the Infinity Gems, trying to juggle them. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to see. It'd have been if it had that kind of fun to it. And who knows? It may get there. 
But if we yeah. had this little dude and he's kicking ass, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Alright, I've had enough of the shield helicarrier stuff. Connor. Yes. Talk to me about the hex. Uh, uh, here we go. One, oh, here's where Ron checks out. It's been here one <laughs> one full year of Jonah Hex. Which... Did you not read this, Ron? No, I don't I don't read any Jonah Hex or any cowboy books. What? What's wrong with you? He has something against genres. He hates <laughs> cowboys. He's scared of them. So, so was after one year, Jonah Hex has it been worth it? Oh, absolutely. It's, this is it's it's no less dark and gritty and gory and disturbing than it was in issue one. There's a lot of killing in any given issue. Like yeah, lots of shotgunning you know and that, scalping and. You know that by five pages in, there will be at least six to ten bodies. Jeez. I read the first couple of issues and it it didn't hang on to me that much. You know what I mean? I can maybe, see maybe that. Maybe because I put it like maybe because I put it like a preacher level. You know, what I mean, I wanted like a preacher. I wanted something that was like a an epic western. And, right. Uh, well, it's not a story. It it's it's a yeah. it's more of an anthology. Yeah, the, the, the anthology character. nature of it. I was like, you know what? I can hop off and hop on anytime I want. But I do like the gun for hire idea. I think that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And the exciting thing is next because I'm a gigolo. <laughs> Next month, sense. next month we're gonna actually see the origin of Jonah Hex and how his face got so messed up. Really? The, Which the I'm flap? excited about. Yes. The, fa- the mouth flap. Yes. That, that, honestly, the rumor that's is it has to do with um, Gotham uh, District Attorney. Apaches yeah, or Comanches. So. Oh, got it. Josh, thumbs up. This was a great. This is one more great issue. They like these little like morality plays, and you can't like you can't ever quite tell where Jonah Hex is gonna come down on it. Yeah, because you don't know. Not and there's usually no good side. No. Everybody's in one side of the, the gray area, some a little more gray than others, but... Jonathan, uh, this is about evil Mormons in this, too. Oh, I'll read it. My Galrid's on the artwork. <laughs> Dude, what, what's up with Mike Galrid? Did you guys notice in the comic shop this this week that he had a uh, like a Mike Galrid art book, like a, like a sketchbook? It was like seven bucks, but it was uh, a lot of his work that didn't make it into some of the books. It was some of his sketches and, and uh, some of his, his notes and stuff. I really miss that dude. I want him to come back and do some more Madman. That was like my, my, one of my favorite books. You know what it is about Mike Allred that turned me off is that I was a big Mike Allred fan and I loved Madman and I, lo- I was psyched when he did X Force and Ecstatics. But then the year at San Diego when Marvel just only had a table, they didn't even have a booth, and he was signing and he had this <laughs> and he had this little tent card in front of him that just said no sketches explanation point exclamation point. Dude, what is that? And I was about? just and I was like, dude, f- you know, forget you, you know, like forget it, you know, like you know, like ooh, you're so, you know, like you know, I don't know, whatever. It just turned me off instantly. So I got, I got, um, I got one more point I wanted to make. I just want to oh, check Connor on this and see if I was crazy. Uh, Jonah Hex. There's a dude with a mustache in there that is clearly Powers Booth. Yes. Do you see him? Yes, <laughs> I'm like, actually looking at him right now. Who's what are your Powers favorite Booth? Powers Booth movies? Um, to- Tombstone. Sudden Death. Uh, that was my second choice. Dude, <laughs> he, he plays the mastermind of, the, of a hockey massacre. Yeah, that's one of the funniest damn things when he's in that <laughs> helicopter and he points straight up at the end when Van Dam. Tricks his ass, dude. If you get tricked by Van Dam, who I think has cerebral palsy, like, oh, how the hell do you get tricked by that guy? You know, yeah. Don't dress up as a penguin and try and fight him. You're gonna lose. He's too fast. <laughs> you know, they, even Powers without the booth, suit, you're old. Howard's Booth in Sudden Death made every mistake could have possibly made. You know, he had hostages. He had a cool time bomb set up. The guy, the guy had it made. Van Dam kicked his ass, <laughs> and I love my Van Dam. Amazing Damme. how that happens Come every on. time. Yeah, Dude, it's amazing. How, yeah. how could you not have wrapped that up? 
All right, so and, anything else on Jonah Hex? No. no. Start turning you, you into should, Geek Drone. I know, yeah, exactly. If you, like, if you like these asinine diatribes, geekdrone.com. <laughs> and, the pl- and there's the plug. <laughs> so... I was, right. The only thing about, like, I like to recommend Jonah Hex. I like it a lot. I think it's really good. I really worry that people are going to buy it, pick it up, and go, like, what the hell was this? Like, I think, I think you have to like the genre. I think you only have to like morality play, plays. Yeah, Ron. You have to be me so and Josh. So they're not eating linguine. <laughs> <laughs> or, or our X-Men. So. <laughs> me gelato. <laughs> so, um... All right, so the last book we just wanted to touch upon this week was um, the the boys number three. And, uh, oh, Con- so if you're keeping you- score at home, I dropped it with issue two. And me and Josh are still buying it. Now, why John- did you drop it at number two? Because I, I found French nothing redeemable about it. Wait, wait, you didn't find anything what? Redeemable or interesting about it. it I felt like it's re- believable. I was about to be like, oh my god, how do we explain to him? <laughs> I totally do not believe the <laughs> has fact nobody that he had the, Has nobody ever had a talk with him about the comic books? <laughs> Every day out on the street, he's like, is that him? I'm like, Spider-Man is not real. He's like, but I saw the thing! I saw something up there! <laughs> he, he, he won't take his eyes off the skyline. It's frustrating. I have to um, break into the speed force. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this treadmill in his house, and I'm like, dude. You can't go back in time. It's not going to work. <laughs> Fucking hit the speed force. <laughs> I, I just found like it's very unoriginal. I felt like Garth Ennis had done it before in lots of other books, and he'd done it more interesting. Now, I am close to dropping it, and I think after this issue I'm am going to drop it, because I thought that I'm a little bit over the postmodern, you know, kind of bashing on the superhero genre type thing. The shock and I felt, value and, stuff. And the shock value, yeah, like, like kind of like, and maybe it's because I'm getting older and apathetic or whatever, but... And then I felt as if in the first issue he kind of went over the top with the scene in the woman's office with them going at it with him from behind. But I thought this issue, honestly, honestly, like if there was a line to cross, this line crossed it. And and I'm sure somebody could argue that that's a reason to love it because they crossed the line. And but I'm but I'm sorry, the the the, the JLA S team forcing their new female member to to give them all blowjobs was just a little too much for me. It How was just twenty nine. Dude, Christ on a crutch, man. You sound like my dad. No, I know. <laughs> I just to say, I, I, I know. I sound like an old fucking uh, old conservative. And meanwhile, I'm a liberal punk rocker, man. You know, like I, I like, you know, like, but, but At least the, you this, were. Uh, yeah, it was back in the day. <laughs> this, this, the, but honestly, this, I, I put this in the same vein as like Opie and Anthony and like Howard Stern shit, I which I, Howard Stern. yeah, well, there you go. There so, you and go. I, yeah, not so it's not to say that I love this issue. Yeah, you know, um, but I, I'm glad that there, I'm glad that there is a goal. I'm glad that there's an establishment of, like, like by the end of the issue, for those of you who dropped it at issue two, uh, we, we finally have all five boys together, right? And, yep. uh, and there's a, an establishment of a goal. We're going to take, these are the people we're going to take down to establish that the boys are back, and the superhero communities can be held in check for all the collateral damage they put on society. You know? Yep. Uh, and for being douchebags and forced to remember to give them all blowjobs. You see, and, that, and that, that's the thing is that the premise on paper that what, the way you're explaining it sounds like it could be a good book, and I just feel as if they're going, they're trying to be, they're, like they've said, they're trying to out preacher it, and I just don't, I think they're trying too hard. That's my feeling. That book. Uh, here's mm-hmm. the, here's why I like it because you have something like irredeemable Ant Man, which is <laughs> which is more kind of like fluff, you know, not to take yeah. away from the people who worked on it, but um, it's it's not the most you know like. Uh, thought-provoking book, and it's fun to read. It's, it's not amazing. And then you have something like The Boys, which is a little more towards the R-rated. And yeah, you've seen him do stuff like this in, in Punisher and uh, in, in, in his other books. 
But uh, I don't think it's gotten to the point where, like, the last story arc of Preacher got. Like, the last two story arcs of Preacher, the last two trades, you started seeing the same kind of shock value stuff come back. Yeah. And it was time to end the series. You know? Yeah, but there was one, a heart behind that. Yeah, that, I felt... That a felt guy yeah. screwing a woman made out of sausages? Do you guys remember that in the Preacher <laughs> book? He was humping a woman made out of meat. And I was like, dude, it's let's bring it on. I was like, bring on the rolls. Yeah. <laughs> and the mustard. That sounds delicious. Meat orgy. <laughs> yeah, that I mean something like that I was just like, you know, and I, I don't I think as long as there's still a goal in mind and you're starting to you're learning something, you can throw in all this stuff about the blood. Yeah, it's excessive, but Yeah. I, well, I mean but the I other mean, thing is though we don't really know what the story is yet. And the thing well, I is, think by, we do. But, I mean, I, I mean, you kind of do. But by preacher, yeah. you you're turning the pages. Like, what happens next? I, mm-hmm. This is just like, right. what will they try to show me next? It's different, right? Well, keep in mind. Well, and also keep in mind, as pointed as pointed out by our friend James at Isotope in San Francisco, that the first couple issues of Preacher, you didn't know what was going on either, and you thought it was crap until until the pieces finally finally fell in place, sure. like in that second trade. Sure. So, admittedly, there's a bit of a, a time period. It's just that I mean, I don't know. I'm just I mean, I mean that ba- that basically was like was like rape in this issue, and I just don't I'm know sorry. if. Uh, yeah, I just don't there know. Are if places it... you can go <laughs> for for post boys three counseling <laughs> counseling group. I have to go to my group session. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought. I just thought it was. I mean, like I like the premise, I, and I think there's promise there. But like, yeah. I don't know. I feel very much the same way. Although I think I'm gonna. I, I really. I like the idea of the story. The idea. I don't see. I don't think of it as a superhero bashing book because. Yeah. He set up a world where the superheroes are assholes. They're like uh, like rock stars or celebrities, yeah. basically. Okay, Which and is, they should be punished. Fine, that's that's okay. But there's a lot of like they have to spend a lot of time graphically showing us how. And and I don't care about that. I'm not a prude. It just doesn't interest me because it's not story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So you you kind of know where it's going to. I mean that that one yeah. scene did play out a little long. Yeah. Uh, but I do have to uh, respect Derek Roberts for drawing every single ass hair. I know. Yeah, and the pubic hair. He and, is uh, excellent yeah. at pubes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. And and afterwards, the girl, I mean, with the crying and the makeup smeared and all stuff like that. I mean, it was good art. It just, I just the subject matter. I just felt it was just a bit much. That's all. Do we really need this? That's my question. Let's let's pay the bills. <laughs> so um, this episode is sponsored by Comichole.com, which is an awesome site to go pick up uh, great uh, comics and trade paperbacks, and they're all discounted. You can pick up Marvel. Just revoke their sponsorship due to that last comment. <laughs> Uh, you can pick up Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, and they're all 40, uh, 40% off. And trade paperbacks and hardcovers are anywhere from 30 to 50% off, which are awesome prices. I want some old Malibu. Can you guys hook me up? <laughs> Do they even print that stuff anymore? Like Prime? Anyway, no um, way, dude. Doesn't Marvel own that stuff now? Yeah. Anyway, okay. um, so head over to comichole.com and let them, know, shit. let them know you um, let them know you heard about uh, Comichole from ifanboy.com, and they'll hook you up, and they've got great shipping and great packaging as well. Your comics come in good shape. So. Um, yeah, Mr. I don't even bag and board my... Hey! <laughs> it gets cold in the winter. You gotta you need kindling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our um, let's move on to our listener email. Um, our first email comes from Ray from California, and Jonathan. Just to bring you up to speed, we, um, Ray emailed us a couple of weeks ago because there was a chick at the comic book store that he liked, liar, and he wanted to ask out. Um, a dude and, in a Pantera shirt with long hair. And so, <laughs> and so um, we asked him for an update, and so what was your wrote, advice? Um, we were split. What, 
Josh and I we, told him just to get it over with and do it, and Ron Ron took the Ron wait and a, see for five years. He had a long surveillance No, not five program. years. No, so I just find out know. her schedule. Oh, that's awful. Anyway, um, so we asked him for an update, and um, he wrote back, and he says that he went to the comic book store on a Friday instead of a Wednesday, but of course she wasn't working. Um, so and maybe next works week. There. Yeah, she works there. Oh. So he wrote in and said that she wasn't working, but then apparently there's another girl working there who he, who he thinks is cute as well, oh, and she was very talkative, and he got a good vibe from her. <laughs> Apparently, this is like the mecca of comic book stores with girls working there. So um, yeah, they call me Galactus. <laughs> but anyway, um, see my Herald. <laughs> so he didn't ask the second girl out yet, but um, but now he's got two girls at the same shop that he can choose from. So he's gonna keep <laughs> us updated. You guys aren't reading this email verbatim. What he wrote is, although I didn't ask her out because it feels kind of grimy, <laughs> lusting after two different girls at the same shop. I, I Dudes, was gonna, I was beggars cannot be choosers. If there Seriously, are two chicks at one shop. It's called one stop shopping, my friend. All right, <laughs> they, they work on different shifts, man. Wednesday, they probably never Friday. talk. That, that is yeah, an that, advanced move for most comic readers. It really is. I mean, Dude, come on. These are the people who play Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. You're ready for these moves, all right, he, man? He wrote to us. That's <laughs> what he could do, and you think that he's going to pull off the double? Are you crazy? Dude, cut the puss, man. Cut the puss. Oh, God. <laughs> but we'll right, see this... how the comic book romance goes from here, and I will be sure to keep you updated. <laughs> Dude, let, let me just step aside, my friends, my married friends. Ray from California... You got two hands, you got two girls, make the plan and make the move, buddy. All right? You're very bold with that. <laughs> Dude, I'm not bold. I wouldn't pull these moves, but I think Ray does have it within his power hey, he, to do He just it. wants to hear about it going down in flames. So I went in there and I was like, you and me and Power Fist. And right. it didn't work out, but... Uh... They call me Danny Rand. <laughs> I'm about to strike iron. I'm telling oh my you, man. God. Get those two chicks on the same schedule, and you know what I mean, after hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving God, on. tell me there's another letter. <laughs> Our next email comes from Dave from New York, who, um, who first off, thanks us for using Quicksand on last week's episode, and you're welcome, Dave. Quicksand we got a lot of rules. comments on that. Yeah, Quicksand. Oh, you're such a um, cool indie guy, Ron. No, they were they were on a major label actually, um, but Quicksand was one of the best bands of the '90s. So, anyway, um, he listens to the podcast on Monday mornings on his way to work, and it's a night. And he finds it a, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, he, he did until this week. <laughs> anyway, he wants to start a sketchbook really badly, and I assume by sketchbook he means like a book to get sketches in, not like he wants to start drawing. But um, he wants to know if we have any idea what he can expect to pay most artists for pencils and inks. For example, he wanted to start off at Chicago this year, but he didn't go. But he wanted to get a lockjaw by Jeff Darrow, um, and he wants lockjaw to be the focus of the book. I would Josh. give you, I would give you money if you would ask Jeff Darrow to draw you a lockjaw and yes. get out of that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out alive. Dude, we Darrow rode the elevator with Jeff Darrow, and it was very scary. His Not that he's a scary. Take forty hours. Like that guy <laughs> has some of the most intricate pencils. Absolutely. That's well, why he's be, so angry. He's just... it, would, it would be just a huge shot of a building that had come down, and the corner of one of the little piles of rubble would be Lockjaw. It's a silhouette <laughs> of Lockjaw. So, but basically, he wants to know how much should he expect to pay a, an artist for a sketch. Um, what do you think? Uh, Jonathan, do you have a sketchbook, or do you do that? I, or no? I don't do that. You know, um, I don't do signatures, or I don't do anything. Yeah, I, I don't do um, that anymore either. We used to. We well, we we all have. I mean, I know the three of us have sketchbooks, as, sketchbooks because we used to do it back at San Diego and at the other cons. So Mike I have, ruined all of it. I've never paid. Oh, no, I paid for. I paid no, no, for Mike Alred. Mike Alred. Mike Alred. Yeah, exactly. Then I gave up on the sketchbook. No, yeah, but I paid. Mormons I've, alive. 
I've paid for two sketches in my whole lifetime. I paid uh, Jim Mafood once, and mm-hmm. I paid Chris Giarusso because they were both at Artist Alley and that sort of thing. And, and they, they did cool. They like and they were very cool. cool. Yeah, and I gave them like I gave them like ten bucks, I think, for each you, sketch. You didn't mean uh. to pay for Jim Mafood though. No, yeah, Jim Mafood basically did the sketch, and he's like ten bucks, and I was like, oh. Uh, okay, like, I thought it was a, I thought it was a freebie. Yeah, but, what's um... up with that, man? Because you pay hookers up front, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like I think that that people who are who have that kind of uh, service, you it's know, gotta be clear up front. They provide a service. It's, it. it's clear up front. You know, you leave the cash on the counter on her side. Yeah, well, Chris Giarusso was up front. He had a little sign saying how much sketches were, and I knew what I was getting. So that's great. Um, you shouldn't be paying great. any more than that, though. Yeah, you're no, talking about a sketch. If yeah. you're willing to wait in line, you can usually get a lot of really great stuff for not paying anything. I mean, yeah. I, I've got sketches from damn near everybody. But, but here's the deal. Two thousand one. When John Romita the... Jr. broke the broke the record, did any of you guys go out of Times Square to get him to break the record? No, I remember didn't. Connor, did you go to that? Yeah, yeah I remember. That, I, I he was doing those Spider-Man sketches in Times Square. Yeah, 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 it was for some charity. Yeah, his niece was really yeah. sick. Yeah, we didn't go. Yeah, we're uh, we're well, jerks. We're all douches uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're if you're going to a con and you're waiting in line to get a, an artist who's in like the Marvel booth, or the DC booth, or the Image, you know, whatever, free. like that's why they're there. Free. If you go to Artist Alley, probably expect to pay, you know, anywhere. F- How yeah, much did bucks. Scott Collins want for his Flash sketch, Josh? I don't remember. It was like ten or fifteen bucks. So I asked him to just draw me the boot, the Flash boot with the little ridges <laughs> yeah. on it. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, you do that for free? And he's like, oh, okay. So he took out a Sharpie and he just drew some ridges and a boot. Welcome well, to democracy, you. Mr. Collins. <laughs> the service industry, buddy. And then I sold it on eBay for $78. I didn't. Nice. No, no. no one would have bought the boot. All right, so good luck, Dave. Good luck, Dave. Um, and if you're in New York, Dave, you should go to the New York Comic Con in February and try to get hey, sketches. Hey, Dave, you wrote a letter of what's up with the Lockjaw fascination? Fetish. Okay. Lockjaw's yeah. a great character. Yeah, Lockjaw. Giant. He's a yeah. giant teleporting dog. He's Did the greatest character of all time. Did you guys read the, the Quicksilver, you know... Yeah, the, I read that. The Son of M. Yeah. I liked that, man. It was good. It was good. And now it's coming back. You know, they, they referenced it in the last Black Panther from last week. Yeah, and and and, and, locked, and Quicksilver's been in um, X-Factor. I don't know if you're reading X-Factor, no. but you should be. That's awesome. It's yeah, really good. Uh, so. Everyone's telling me. So. What did anyway. James from Derbyshire, England, say? <laughs> <laughs> well, James wrote in. <laughs> Jonathan takes over the show. <laughs> um, anyway, to the to the main point, he has trouble brewing. His um, hi, uh, him and his wife are expecting me a second. Me and Mrs. are expecting our second child. <laughs> Get the say with an accent. Josh, go. <laughs> Josh, mess. British accent, go. <clears throat> a bit of trouble brewing. Me and my missus are expecting our second child, a lovely little girl to go with. Prob- Wait, sorry, messed up. Like a, to go like with our two-year-old son Ben. That's not the trouble, however. Problem I have is that she will not let me call my new little treasure a name from the Marvel Universe. I know Rogue and Mystique are a little far-fetched, but my missus is not even being reasonable. This is totally different to before when we agreed to Ben to be my son's name. And yes, you guessed it, Spidey's uncle. I tried to sneak that one past her. Anyway, so basically he wants to call his kid after a comic book. And she, she caught on to it. Uh, and he wants to know how we can help. And, and I'm just you're not going to win this one. We're gonna yeah, get more if, letters. If, if you got if you got one, you're not gonna get two. Dude, dude you shouldn't win this one. <laughs> <laughs> As a chimney sweep, you should just be happy. There, there, there are only a couple jobs in England. He may chimney not be sweep, Cockney. Chimney sweep, yeah, chimney sweep, the dude who stands outside the palace and doesn't twitch. Uh, and the and, prime minister. And the prime minister. And, yeah, uh, the job is open. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> do not know that there were no weapons. Listen, I. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's my Tony Blair. I've never brought that out in public. It was good. It Thank was a you. Good Tony Blair. Been yeah. doing a little of the in and out, eh, James? 
Oh, oh, and secret agent. That's the other job. And... Oh yeah, secret, yeah, secret agent. agent. Oh, yeah. what about Kitty? That's not a bad name. Kitty is a good name. Catherine, Kitty for short. Yeah. There you go. Hallie. Hmm? Who's Hallie? Hallie Berry. How, uh, isn't that uh, what's her name? Oh, the chick from uh, in. No, uh, she what? just lost her powers. What? Uh, the Sparky what? one. X Men. Huh? Huh? Oh wait, no, no, she was in Thunderbolt. Sorry, my oh, bad. What? What? Oh, forget you it. Ruined your cred. Uh, Hallie was the name of the Spider Girl in Alias. No, name Hallie Arana. was the, there was a there was Arana. a character. Arana, yeah, Arana. name her Arana, Arana. yeah. <laughs> There was a character in, in, in Thunderbolts. Oh, yes, Jolt. Jolt. Jolt, thank you. Yes, you're right. You are right. Assholes. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> hey, whoa, hey, whoa. Wait, that was last week. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> all right, so um, I think James Kitty. And... Go with Catherine. Call yeah, Kitty. Kitty. That's our recommendation, Kitty. Yeah. All right, our next uh, email comes from Jackson, who thanks us for the great podcast, and apparently he thinks our views and comments are brilliant. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. My, my views and comments are often um, He just... He's wondering what our thoughts are on the long-running crossovers that we're being subjected to, as if we're being forced to buy them. That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. What are your real opinion, Jackson? He, he's had enough of Infinite Crisis 52, etc., and thinks that they're just a way of bleeding more money from us comic book readers. He yeah, feels it's, it's purely a money-grabbing exercise, which should be stopped. These stories are often way too much, and some of the issues just look like fillers. He has not bought them and refused to get drawn in. Even it means from time to time he has less comics to purchase. Is that a Isn't pun, it, Jackson? Jackson asks, isn't it time the writers got back to writing class one, two, three issue stories? And if a large crossover is needed, all it, all it be confined, confined to a few issues as possible? All of the stores here in the UK, another British guy, are doing specials on crossover bundles, and they must realize it's a ripoff. And he spelled realize with an S instead of a That's Z. That's how they spell it. That's they should get it right. It's wrong. No, no, actually, they were there first. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm being the, you know, the... Oh, you were playing, you're playing, you're yeah, playing yeah, xenophobic yeah. American? Exactly, I exactly. See. Yeah, yeah, I see. Exactly. They have too many U's in their words. <laughs> exactly, color. Favorite and, um, right. Have you ever heard a British guy say aluminum? Aluminium. Uh, it cracks me up every aluminium, time. Aluminium, yeah. Aluminium, yeah. Anyway. Um, I love Mario Brothers. Brits <laughs> 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 so, um, love Nintendo. I love to play that Mario Brothers. <laughs> so um, so Jackson, Jackson ends his email saying that um, he's a faithful listener, comics forever, and Warren, please finish Planetary. That's so, not gonna happen. So that's we'll that's the typical that's the typical crossovers, nerdos. <laughs> nerdos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What's your take on the crossover? I think if the crossover is good, it's fine. These these are all Civil There's War good. is great. If this, if the story's good, it's fine, yeah. Fifty two is not a crossover. Yeah, fifty two is yeah. a story. It's yeah. just a series. You don't have to buy anything else if you don't want to. Yeah, fifty two doesn't cross into anything. And the thing is, ja- I think Jackson said it best. He he doesn't like it, so he's not buying into it. So don't buy into it. So that's that's it. You However, know, like, I like vote with his your dollar, man. Vote with your dollar, or exactly. or with your pounds. Keeping yeah, <laughs> or, keep, <laughs> or but euro. Keep, keeping keeping in mind though that I'm buying sixty three of the seventy four Civil War issues that are coming yeah. out. But also, Jackson, you've taken the time to count those too. Which yes, means I have. Yeah, I'm a freak. Well, in his letter, he hasn't actually bought them, so he doesn't know that they're any good. Well, yeah, because I only, read, I only read the the Core Infinite Crisis book. Those weren't very good. I didn't know what the was going on. No, they were not very good. They were not very good at all. But historically, like like crossovers have been really bad. And yeah. and if you look at it from a person from from a without reading them now, and you look at them from a distance, and you go, I'm not buying all this. It's just going to be crappy. Except now, like Civil War is not bad. It's overall pretty good. It's kind of exciting. Like yeah. I can't speak to the DC ones, but. And and I think he also gives away what kind of person he is if he's begging for planetary to finish. I mean, you know. 
What does that mean? I have never read a single page of Planetary. Planetary's awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Planetary's... You know what? I've never read Planetary either. Yeah, exactly. So but I want to as soon as it's finished. It's like you the Sopranos. Mutant. Guys, I haven't seen Nerd. one Sopranos episode because I'm wow. waiting for all the DVDs to be out so that I'll know there's an end to it. So sometime in like, 2013. Yeah, so you can spend no, There's a finite a price watching. to it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like now there's a finite price that I have this yeah. time to get the full story. Yeah, so that's how a lot of people approach trades. You know what I mean? It's the it's the choice. I mean, that, like we like like for example, I know why the last man came out this week, and I didn't. I read it in trades. I don't read it in single issue. So right, exactly. Anyway, anyway, so um, Jackson, you're v- voting with your dollar, so that's all you can do. Um, our last email comes from the Cupid, who says, "What's really good, I fanboy crew? Ponies, uh, <laughs> pie, <laughs> pasta. Say something horrible, Jonathan." <laughs> well, I just like I just like that he continues and says, "I just want to tell you that the real Thor is alive and kicking." Check out Fantastic Four number five thirty eight. Also, do you think there is going to be any real fallout from the Civil War? Answer the. For the I was like, yes. Uh, what? I think everybody can pretty much breathe easy that Wanda is not going to come and just undo Civil War. People are that freaking is. out that this is going to happen. It's, 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 yeah, it's Civil War is for real. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, unless they are all lying. Uh, Completely. Two-faced, yeah. Then yeah. it's the whole point of the Civil War is to create fallout because they're getting a little bored with the status quo. <laughs> and this is the new status quo. Yep. So people can't. I'm okay that. with it. They Deal with it, Heinberg. Insane. I'm excited yeah. for the Mighty Avengers. I'm excited for. I'm excited for two Avengers titles. Even though yeah. you know, I'm excited for because you know, West Coast because West Coast I'm Avengers. I'm excited for a, for 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 the first time for a damn Alpha Flight title. That 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 Omega Flight that's coming out. I'm it's into it. It's not that good. <laughs> no, I'm excited, man. Beta yeah. rate Bill, let's have him. I don't yeah. care. Him and U.S. Agent or whoever the hell is on that roster. I'm, I'm just excited for a lot of cool books to be coming out. You know what I mean? Jonathan, what's your favorite book? Um, like, what's the book you look forward to the most every month? I don't know. I mean, I just like the, the ones I get excited for. I, de- I definitely am loving the, the Steve McNiven artwork. I think anything with Mark Millar's writing, I'm a big fan of. I didn't mind some of the Millar verse books that people were crapping on. Um, and uh, yeah, I usually pick per writer. I mean, I'm a big fan of the of of course the Daredevil stuff that's coming out. Um, and uh, anything stuff. that's just a good book, you know. I got so so, so you do you pretty much try. I, I mean, do you it, we we often talk about whether you buy for the 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 uniform or the player. So you you buy, mainly look for the you know the writer or the artist. You, there's no like yeah. one like I'm an X Men guy. Connor's a Batman guy. Josh is a Captain America guy. You know like. What? Yeah. What? Yours? Well, you're as close to a Captain America guy as. as, what? as I'm a writer you, guy. You knew? No, you yeah. knew about all that weird characters and stuff. Anyway, but yeah, I go but, based I mean, on writers. I think it's the so, I think it's the safest way to go. Same thing. There's no family of books that you that you that you buy no matter what that you grew up with or anything like that. Like you're not a Spider-Man guy. No, because the story's not that great. They're, Does they're not compute to Rock. They're not going to acknowledge it. You know what I mean? Um, Does that make sense? Does I'll, I'll read sense? Astonishing X-Men, but I won't read the rest of the X titles because I feel like I feel like if if there's seven anywhere between three and seven titles on a book, only one or two of them are gonna really count as far as the uh, as far as as it goes. You know what I mean? Like right now, there's like three or four Spidey titles. I think that Amazing and Spectacular or Peter Parker are the only ones that really count. The friendly Neighborhood one. I think Friendly Neighborhood, this Mysterio storyline, it was fun and I'll read it. Yeah. But uh, it's not gonna go down. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not going in the Bible of what happened to Spidey. Yeah. You know? I know personally for me, unless I buy six X-Men titles, it doesn't feel right. 
<laughs> I, mean, I kill I mean, a hobo. <laughs> and, and I don't think it t- it takes that many titles to tell the story of the X Men. Ooh, a Marrow miniseries. You know what I mean? I don't think that it takes that many titles. Yeah, no. Uh, this, I think this is I think a guy you can tell Peter Parker's story in one or two series. I think you can tell yeah. Cap's story in one series. I think you can tell Thor's story in one miniseries every or less. Decade. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he comes out with his hand. I mean, the problem is the dude's too powerful. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Superman. I, I I'm not big on Superman books because the dude's just too powerful. You know, well, they like used to do, the Matrix used... ended when Neo started flying and deflecting bullets. I was like, they don't need to make sequels to this movie because how do you beat, like it's over. Yeah. You know? Well, they it's used over. to do Thor in Asgard where he wasn't the most powerful. In Asgard, Asgard, and and that was good. When 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 who did the artwork? Collins did the artwork, and he, and who wrote the uh, miniseries where they had to go and get the different. Uh, Stuff he and the he and the, the brothers three the Warriors three had to go. Was that Omen? The, yeah, the, yeah, Omen wrote that? It. yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. a good little series. That was fun, um, yeah. you know. But I, but it's only fun for like a mini series or so. I also liked the one that uh, Garth Ennis wrote a while ago with the Vikings, you know, <laughs> where the undead <laughs> come to Manhattan. Remember that one? I remember. I, I didn't pick it up. But I remember hearing about it. That though, was yeah. fun. I mean, it, I don't mind the mini series. Like I'll, I'll read the Ghost Rider mini series. I just yeah. don't think I don't something. I loved Ghost Rider in the early nineties. The 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 the, the glow in the dark cover one. The, right. Danny, the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. Those first th- those first fifteen issues were awesome. Those and what's up with the? I mean, now you got what's the name Moon Knight, and it, that, yeah. that that shit sputtered before it started. That book's that terrible. Was, that was bad. It was you really know? bad. Yeah. I didn't want to think that hard reading Moon Knight. He's a he's a he's a, <laughs> he's a second rate Batman. This yes. is hard. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's a second-rate Batman. He's fine if he shows up and he's like, hey, I'm in that. I'm going to help you out. Okay. Steven Seagal will play in the movie. But uh, as a character, I don't think you carry that much weight, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to drop Moon Knight. You haven't dropped it yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. He just says he's ready to. You notice I'm the so optimistic. I'm no, so no, no, optimistic. I, and, and I know where he's coming from because I'm still reading yeah. it too because every now yeah. and then they're like, hey. Because I'm waiting for master. it to get badass. Cast I'm waiting for master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was a big Ron, letdown. In the you've been fight. hiding this from us. You've been hiding. No, I haven't. I've been. I'm, we had a discussion about dropping it. You were going to drop it. It's, it. A, problem, it's it. a problem when Taskmaster shows up and you expect the fight to happen the next issue, and it's still exposition. Yes. Yeah. That was. And yeah. you're just like, dude, you're killing me, man. And the next thing you know, the fight's over, and Taskmaster is talking to his the people who hired him, and it's just like, oh, you know. You but say, I'm waiting. Are you sneaking cigarettes? What? Are you sneaking cigarettes? You like one of those guys like, us. listen, I, I want to break up with her. Okay, you should break up with her. Okay, I've thought about it. I'm really ready to break up with her. Have yeah. you broke up with her yet? No, but I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Thinking, I'm, I'm ready. thinking about how I'm going to do it. it. I'll, I, I'll wait. When the next issue comes out, I'll look at it, see if there's any just, action. Just say no. <laughs> just make her read Moon Knight. <laughs> She'll go running. Be like, Don't worry about the breakup. Think of you. This is what I'm into. your mind. She gets, like a nose, she gets like a nosebleed after like three panels and passes out. <laughs> so um, I, I pay money for this. This. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for those emails. And if you want to email us, you can write contact at ifanboy.com and we'd love to get your emails and we read them all. And we respond to them all. Um, and I won't be here next time. To exactly. Read so, your emails. So. I'll call you a chimney sweep. We, we forward them to him though. <laughs> we forward him everything we get. Spam stuff from my family. So we're mixing things up. Girlfriend. We're, we're mixing things up this week, and actually, um, we had a big week on the Frapper map. And it, yes. was, it was actually a unique week on the Frapper map because there's a lot of good comments that came through there. So we thought we'd highlight the Frapper map this week. So 
Okay, yeah, we're up. We're up fourteen from last week, which puts us at three eighty nine, which puts us in striking distance of four hundred. Which wow, you people yeah. can get on the ball for that one. Which which makes five hundred not even much of a challenge. So and and then we'll feel legitimate. Exactly. Well, I can say you guys are just putting agents all over the map. <laughs> it's a sleeper cell. It's like hail Hydra. So uh, there's, there's, a like secret, there's a secret message in these podcasts, <laughs> and if we say the word, which we haven't decided on yet, uh, we will activate them all, and they will go yeah. and they will. Sketch Sanchez in South Richmond Hill is just going to look up with a blank stare and be like, "Must kill." <laughs> <laughs> so, Do you hear me, Terry Elstrom of Bloomington, Indiana? <laughs> Time to let the streets run with blood. <laughs> So, so <laughs> Robbie Pocatello's blood <laughs> of Idaho. Oh my God, Idaho! That's awesome. So um, never get Idaho. So we had uh, Dead B Lobo from Dead Blobo. Dead Blobo from Kansas, who wants to, who's new to the podcast, and wants to know if we talked about the Escapists. And yes, we did. A we lot. have go back to previous issues. We talked about the first two issues actually. They so. were both picks of the week. Go back yeah. to previous issues. What yeah. the fuck are their podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> we published an issue form afterwards. Um, we had Tina from Massachusetts who wants to let us know that there are more fangirls listening than we think. Uh oh. Which is well, that's awesome. I'm naked. <laughs> okay. and, they, and there they go. Sketch Sanchez of South Richmond Hill. He lives in Queens. We get his comics delivered by subscription from Midtown Comics. Is that bad? Yes. You're lazy, That's sketch. lazy. Get on the 7 train. Take it to Times Square. Dude, your fans are going to hate me, I just realized. <laughs> You're doing wonders for Geek Drum, Jonathan. That's all I got to say. <laughs> just like... <laughs> dude, the Geek Drum fans are going to love this, but your fans are going to be like, what a douche. Okay, so uh, Terry Hellstrom from Bloomington, Indiana, whose uh, shout-out was... Sanchez with your weather. Terry Hellstrom. <laughs> <laughs> He's got sports, now. obviously. <laughs> Doug, Doug from Boca Raton, and um, G Perez eighty two from Brooklyn, who we really wished was George Perez, but we, I don't think it is. No, um, um, George Perez was born in nineteen eighty two, which would have made him a hell of an artist. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of my Teen Titans run? I'm only three. <laughs> <laughs> I started. <laughs> Uh, Vernson from Milwaukee, um, whose advice is to have a good time all the time. Yeah, spoken from a guy who comes from a town full of drunks. <laughs> um, <The> brewers, <laughs> Steve from Allegan, Michigan, who gives a shout out to Jonathan from Geek Drum for showing him my fanboy through the magic of blogging. Oh, I love plugging you guys. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Stephanie, Stephanie McRae from Austin. Oh, um, hometown. Are you from Austin? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet. All right. Um, Mike from New Orleans, who reminds me that uh, who put- ordered, you know Stephanie McRae, I think I porked her. Stephanie, we apologize. Sister. Mike M from New Orleans, who points out to me that there is a comic book store, more fun comics in New Orleans that it's keep underwater, getting their, but it's they keep getting their books. I was in New Orleans a couple weeks ago and I couldn't find a comic book store, so. Um, oh, Phil no, wrote, he's funny, dude. He goes, love the podcast and wanted to shout out to more fun comics in New Orleans. Keep my books coming, whether this is rain or snow or class five hurricanes. That's funny. Or the inability of the bush part. Oh. <laughs> Phil, Roby from, Phil Roby from Melbourne, Florida. Jeff Campbell from Pearl in Texas. And Eric from Seattle. So thank you. Um, 
if you want to be represented, go to frapper.com slash ifanboy, stick your pin in the map, and you can be represented, yo. Or click on the link of the main page at ifanboy.com on the upper right hand corner. Our frappers, we have like seven. (laughs) (laughs) We find it's hard to get people to actually put the pin in the map. Yeah, I mean, there's a large disparity between the number of people who download the show and we assume listen and actually have put a pin in the map. Maybe none of those people listen. Maybe. Let's not talk about that. Let's not think about that. So, um, anyway, so I think we're finally at the end of our fun show this week. Finally. Finally. <laughs> um, don't forget to check out ifanboy.com to check out all the discussion on the site and read the review, the pick of the week review. Go tell us what you liked, what you read, um, what you were into. Um, and it's a fun site. Check it out. You can email so, us at I, contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. You can ask us questions. You can comment. You can... Tell us off. We get a lot of those. You can tell me off. I think yeah, we'll receive hate, off. We'll receive hate mail for Jonathan. So yeah. you can send. We it will to forward us. it to Jonathan if you need. And to. I will fight each and every one of you. A <laughs> like Huey Bowl. I will, dude. I will come to your house. Make sure to leave a detailed address and whatever fighting style you have. And I will bring my fucking weapons. And I've got two of them. One's on the left. One's on the right. And they're ready to fight tonight. All right. Leave that shit on the voicemail. <laughs> I'll punch you in the face. He's not, there's not even anybody who's done anything yet. He's, he's actually. Angry. I know. He's, <laughs> this is my preemptive strike. You get, you're getting lathered up over there about a hypothetical. Oh, damn. I, oh, I think goodness. he's going to hit me. You can also go to myspace.com slash ifanboy and you can be our friend. Or you can go. Yes. Jonathan, what's your uh, MySpace? Uh, my MySpace is uh, myspace.com slash jlondon78. Uh, and then uh, the Geek Drum MySpace is myspace.com slash Geek Drum. And uh, we started up a charity for our buddy Tyson Brewer. Who we met. Uh, who, who, yeah, yeah, Tyson's very cool kid. Very yeah, we cool all kid. went out in San Francisco, and, uh, and he's dealing with cancer. And we just bought him an Xbox 360. Oh, that's nice. Uh, awesome. Thanks awesome. to our listeners, and uh, we're all really happy with the way uh, everybody's reacted. We, we leave no geek behind on, on Geek Drum. Uh, Geekdrum.com, bitches. I'll fight you there, too. <laughs> If you like cool. the show, you can go to Podcast Alley and vote for us there. You can write a review on iTunes. You can tell your friends at the comic store, it's, friends who don't listen to the podcast, or read comics. Or, or if you have another uh, show on the web and you have a lot of listeners or viewers and you were to say, hey, I, I like iFanboy and I was Guys, on Guys, I'm it, going you, to record my show in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean, I don't mean you. I, I don't necessarily mean you. But, you know, just... If you happen to be that guy who was on our show, <laughs> nothing specific. And, you know, it's just, it's out there. Anybody out there happens to have a show. That is best like Galactica on yet. <laughs> 25 minutes, or 35 minutes. <laughs> and finally, um, uh, we if you like the show, if you like the site, um, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, and um, we got a couple of PayPal links. You can throw us um, some cash our way. We're in the process of doing a massive, massive Thing. overhaul and update to the iFanboy world, and um, your dollars are helping us do that. So thank you very, very if much. If you've been Nobody thinking about it and you thought, well, I don't really know what to do, we could really use it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, if you have money, man. <laughs> and if you do have money to spare, please go to uh, myspace.com slash geekdrum, like Jonathan mentioned, and throw us a couple bucks Tyson's way, because he's cool. And he just, he... Hey guys, thanks for having me on your show, dudes. This is no, fun. thanks for coming on, man. I it was awesome. I love being on your show, although your fans may think otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, no, but they we must lo- admit, we... I talk like them. Yeah, that's really, uh, I, I, probably probably geek. more more of, more of our fans than you think you talk like, actually. You're a religion, man. I love this <laughs> 
Um, and we dig Geek Drum big time. We like it. We, we you definitely talk about the stuff that we talk about when we're not doing this podcast. So Thanks, um, we love watching it. So good stuff, Thanks, man. Love all around. Give our best to Danny. Don't give so. it to him the way you would have given it to him. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, Dan, bite down on this. <laughs> this is from Ron. You like have a, a sadomasochist voice on hand. I don't know frequently. what's wrong with me, guys. That's, I mean, that, was, that was right there. You were, you were like, when you go into that character at night, you know, when yeah. you're like, you're done with everything, it's right there. I was like, you know what? Seven's a really good movie. I really understood him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And our, this is a great 50th episode. And um, stay tuned because our one-year extravaganza will be with episode 54, and we're in the process of putting it together. You mean um, a minute. How is one year 54? You mean our one year? No, our one-year anniversary is episode number 54. We, we gave you two in one there. week. We 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 did some creative math in January that okay. ended up. We yeah, did a couple extra episodes. Oh, cool! Yeah, cool. So yeah, so episode number fifty four, and you could uh, expect that in the beginning of November. And um, those of you who go to ifanboy.com probably have an idea of some of the stuff we're working on, and it's gonna be cool. So um, if there's anything you can expect from a show called ifanboy.com, it's coolness, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we banned the word "cool" from Geek Drone. We can't, we can't call anything cool because there's any there's nothing cool about Geek Drone. <laughs> hey man, I was playing World of Warcraft. It was so cool. Like I'll anybody who does a podcast has any concept of cool whatsoever. Uh, Babes are cool, all right. Yeah. Man, I get what you're saying. I'm just... <laughs> well, so I think I think that'll do it. So I think uh, that'll do. Thanks, right. Jonathan. My apologies go to you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm Thanks, Josh. Guys. And I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Jonathan, do you want to say goodbye? Oh, it's your show. <laughs> he, already, he already hung up. Yeah, exactly. I'm, the, I'm the guy who kept you guys. Take care, man. <laughs> All right, good job. Bye. Bye.